From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. please, in a word of prayer. Our gracious Father in heaven, we come into thy presence in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We return thee thanks that we're able to meet together 
We bless thee, O God, that it pleases thee to meet with those who gather in thy name. Thy word declares that where two or three are gathered together in thy name, that there art thou in the midst of them. And, O God, we beseech of thee that we might each of us be conscious then of the Lord's presence tonight amongst us. May we know thy presence. May we hear thy voice. May the word of God come with grace and power and authority to our souls. And we ask that in thy great mercy thou wilt visit us then tonight as we gather together. Bless thy servant, Mr. Stewart, as he brings God's word and preaches the word that thou hast laid upon his heart. May he know the help of heaven and the ministry of God the Holy Ghost. And we ask that thou wilt open up our hearts as thou didst open the heart of Lydia long ago to receive the word of God, that engrafted word that is able to save the soul. And so we beseech of thee that thou wilt hear and answer prayer in the precious and worthy name of the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading tonight is taken from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read from the opening verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll read from verse 1. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present, concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the, the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Lend a reading there, verse 13. May the Lord bless the reading of his word for Christ our Savior's sake. 
We're going to have the, the words of the hymn now. My God, I have found the thrice blessed ground where life and where joy and true comfort abound. I'd like to thank the Reverend Armstrong for leading the service so far. We're thankful for the Lord's presence with us. I'm going to turn now to this portion that has been read for us, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And we find here in verse 7 these words, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now each country has its own culture and customs. They all have their days of celebration and commemoration. For some, those days mark the founding of a country, uh, their independence, or maybe it is to call to remembrance some uh, victory uh, of a particular battle. You often find a traditional cuisine and costumes and ceremonies play an important role in the observation of such days. And no matter what country in the world you go to, there will be certain days in the calendar which mark significant events 
and they are observed in some way or another. Now, ancient Israel was no different. In a day which marks special events in her history, and in the Bible, we are told of seven feasts which the Israelites were commanded to keep. Those feasts and festivals were appointed by God as a way of reminding the children of Israel what He had done for them. But not only were those feasts and festivals a means of remembrance so the children of Israel would not forget, they were also ordained by God to point them towards the promised Messiah, the one who would come and accomplish redemption for them. Man's greatest need, redemption. Now, both the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ were typified and foreshadowed in those festivals that the Jews were commanded to observe. And one of the most important was the Passover feast. It marked the deliverance of the Jews from Egyptian bondage, and central to that feast was the Passover lamb. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we find the Apostle Paul using terminology from the Passover feast. He was writing to the church at Corinth to admonish them. There was a very serious moral issue that had developed in the congregation, and there was a failure on the part of the church to deal with the problem. So Paul writes to them concerning it, and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he tells them what they ought to do. And this is because Paul and the Lord had a great desire had a concern for the believers there that they would be morally pure, that they would live in a manner that corresponded to their holy calling. God intends for His people to be a holy people. Writing to another church, the church at Ephesus, the Apostle Paul, he says that Christ, he loved the church, gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And the Apostle Paul, he tells the believers at Corinth that they need to put sin out of their lives, just as leaven, a symbol of sin in the Scripture, was to be put out of the homes of those who, who kept the Passover feast. In verse 7, we read these words, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that it may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. And why were they to do this? Well, Paul, he goes on to say, For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Christ, and since Christ has died, the old man is crucified with him in order that we should not serve sin, but that we as Christians might walk in the newness of a holy life. Now, it is that little phrase at the end of verse 7 that I want to focus on for the moments that remain in our meeting now. I want to think about these words. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And we're thinking about these words under the heading, Christ, our Passover. Now, firstly, I want you to notice the identification of our Passover. Our text says, Christ, our Passover. As the Lord Jesus began His public ministry, John the Baptist, he cried out there in John 1, 29, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jewish people, they were familiar with the symbolism. 
and their history was full of the significance of the land. When God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac, as they walked up Mount Moriah, together Isaac he inquired of his father where the lamb was for the sacrifice, and Abraham he responded, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. Lambs were sacrificed every morning and every evening as burnt offerings, and also as sin offerings and trespass offerings in the Old Testament, in the economy of the religion in the Old Testament. And yet the blood of those lambs could never take away sin, as we're told in Hebrews chapter 10 and the verse 4. We see there in the Old Testament that every day and every year, well, the lambs, they were sacrificed once again. God's lamb was yet to come, and Christ is the lamb who God provided that would take away the sin of the world. And John the Baptist identifies Christ as such. Now, in the Passover lamb, which was slain the night the, the Israelites were delivered from their bondage, we have a type of the Lord Jesus Christ set before us. We read in Exodus chapter 12 and the verse 5 that the Passover lamb was to be without blemish, a meal of the first year, one taken out from the sheep or from the goats. And here we see that the Passover lamb was to be a pure lamb, for it was to be without blemish. It was to have no physical imperfections like cuts or bruises. The Lord Jesus, well, He's the only one who has ever lived who did not sin. Not in thought, not in word, or in deed. He had both inward purity and outward morality in perfection. He is spotless and He is without blemish in His character and His conduct. Do you know, that is something that you and I, we cannot say, for we are born with a sinful nature, hence the reason why we sin and break God's law. But Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, is a pure lamb. The Passover lamb was also to be a prime lamb. It was to be a meal of the first year. And this was a lamb in the prime of its life, not in the infancy of its days or in the twilight years, but one that was full of vigor and vitality, one that was full of strength and stature. Christ was crucified at the age of 33 and a half, thereabouts, in the prime of his manhood. The devil, he tried to kill Christ when he was a little boy, a little baby. But the devil's plans were thwarted because it was ordained by God that Christ must die upon the cross. He must be cut off in the midst of his years, not at the beginning of his days on this earth. It was to be a pure lamb, to be a prime lamb, but the Passover lamb was also to be a particular lamb. For we read that it was to be taken out, or we might say, chosen out from among the flock. Christ is the chosen of God. There is no other Savior but Jesus Christ. There is no other mediator but Him. God the Son became man, yes, by the incarnation. He lived among men, and yet 
He was chosen out. He was separated out from among them as God's appointed Redeemer. There is none other. Christ is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, and he is identified here as our Passover. So there is the identification of our Passover. Secondly, we have the oblation of our Passover. Now, the word oblation, it means an offering or sacrifice made or presented to God. And we see this in the text. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed. Christ gave himself as a sacrifice for sin. He presented himself as an offering to God. The Passover lamb that night in Egypt, we are told, was to be slain. And the word slain, it means, and it can mean, slaughtered. The Lord Jesus, God's pure and prime and particular lamb, was led to the slaughter when he was crucified on Calvary's tree. You see, his enemies, they had examined him and found no fault in him. And yet he remained silent before his accusers. Just as a sheep is dumb before her shearers, so Christ opened not his mouth. And yet they still sentenced him to the most brutal, painful, suffering form of death that has ever been invented by sinful man. Though wicked men, they carried out that dreadful deed. It was all in the plan of God because the Son of God, He came into this world in order that He might give Himself as a sacrifice for sin and present Himself as an offering unto God. See, it is that once for all sacrifice for sin that Christ made that turned away the wrath of God and satisfied divine justice. We're told in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 that Christ's sacrifice, it was well-pleasing and acceptable to God. And that's indicated by the words there, oh, sweet-smelling savor. See, there's nothing that sinners can offer to God that would appease Him. And yet many think by their deeds or their religious exercises sincerely performed that somehow God will, well, will be pleased with their efforts and God will just simply grant them access into heaven. Well, if we were simply called to do the best we can, there would have been no reason for God to send His Son to be a sacrifice for sin or to suffer such agony. The reality is we've all sinned. We've all broken God's law. We're all guilty. We're all under condemnation and deserving of everlasting torment. And there's absolutely nothing that you and I can do to save ourselves. There's nothing that you and I can offer to God with which He would be pleased. But Christ, our Passover, He came and He gave Himself as a well-pleasing, acceptable offering unto God. Slain. Passover lamb, we're told in Exodus chapter 12, was to be roasted with fire. And you know, that was symbolic. It was a picture really of the fiery wrath of God's judgment that fell upon the Lord Jesus at the cross of Calvary. But unlike the lamb in Exodus, which was consumed by the fire, our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, he extinguished the wrath of God and he quenched the flaming blade of God's justice with his own precious blood. 
so that all who would believe in him would be saved. Judgment would pass over them. Eternal death would not touch them. And this is the glorious, gracious, good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed. The tense of that word sacrificed, it signifies a single act completed in the past. Calvary does not need to be repeated. Christ died once for sin, and that was sufficient to make atonement, a full atonement. It's an offering of infinite worth, and that's what sinners are to trust in alone, what Christ has done for their salvation. So we have thought about the identification of our Passover and the oblation of our Passover. Finally, in our text, we have the substitution of our Passover. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The death of Christ was not only sacrificial, but it was substitutionary. The verse tells us that he died for us. Read in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died in the place of and for the good of others, for the undeserving, for the ill-deserving, for wicked sinners like you and me. That's what those words for us signify, in the place of and for the good of. He was not dying for his own sin, for he had none. But he was dying as a sin bearer. The people, his people's sin, the guilt of it was laid upon him. And he was counted guilty and treated as such. By dying in the sinner's place, he suffered what they deserved. There's an old hymn that puts it like this. The wrath of God that was my due upon the Lamb was laid, and by the shedding of his blood, the debt for me is paid. I was in debt to the justice of God because of my sin. And yet Christ, he died as my substitute. He took my place. He died for me, and my soul is counted free. I've been delivered from condemnation. What a comfort that is to the child of God, that we can live in the light of the victory of the cross. The Passover was a memorial feast to commemorate what God had done for His people. The destroyer of death passed through Egypt, but all who sheltered in their homes were safe because the blood was applied. So too, for all who trust in Christ's blood, they'll be saved from eternal death. The reason being, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. May the Lord bless His Word to our hearts for His own name's sake. Let's bow for prayer. Let's pray. Our eternal God and loving Father, we rejoice and give Thee thanks for the Lord Jesus Christ, the one described here as our Passover, we thank Thee for His precious blood. Rejoice, O God, for those who trust in that atoning blood. They are sheltered and they are safe from the wrath of God. Bless the Word. Bless thy dear children. May they live in the joy and the comfort of this knowledge. And we pray that Thou would prosper the Word and Lord, that you would glorify thy Son and answer the prayer. For we ask this in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.
thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again. Thank you.